The following audio is from Missio Day Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. If you'd like to find out more about us and how we strive to be a gospel-centered, city-focused church community, visit us at missiodei.org. So this morning we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. If you want to go ahead and turn uh, to Ephesians chapter 4 as we continue in uh, this series called The Marks. And this morning we're going to be looking at the mark of, of separation, right? The mark of, of separation from who we are now, uh, from who we once were before Christ, and even the separation of who we are now uh, as it relates to the world uh, that we live in. And I don't know about you, but um, I find it difficult uh, a lot of days uh, to be in this world and not to be of this world. Right, to be experiencing the, the sights and the sounds and the opportunities and the temptations of this world and yet to remain separate from it, to not fall back into my old ways of living. Currently, my family is in this season. I'm not sure if you guys are there yet, uh, but we're in summertime where the kids are out of school. Um, my wife absolutely loves this time of the year. Uh, no alarm clocks, right? If you have kids, that's a good thing. No alarm clocks to be set. Uh, no lunches to pack, no homework to work through after they get out of school. Uh, you can just do whatever you want during the week. She loves that. She couldn't be here today because she is at our son's baseball tournament game. Um, but myself, I, I could take summer or leave it because it interrupts my rhythms of, of life, right? I'm a rhythms guy uh, who likes consistency, and in the summertime, things just get crazy for us. We have late nights. Uh, we have people in the house, we're at people's houses, we're at theme parks, we, we travel a little bit, uh, we have softball tournaments and baseball tournaments. Um, I get random phone calls during the day with my kids yelling in the background, right? Um, it's, it's just chaotic um, in the summer. And even most recently, I've been watching the NBA playoffs. You guys up with that stuff? Um, late nights, um, good stuff. But for me, as I think about this idea of, of, of putting away the old self and living in the new, one of the things that I can fall into in the summertime particularly is, is this, this idea of conceding my role as the spiritual leader in the home. And what I mean by that is I can allow um, late nights and, and kids sleeping in our bed, if you've been there before, um, I can allow um, people spending the night with us and just doing all kinds of different things to get in the way of me consistently leading my family in the rhythms of growing together as a family, in the word, in prayer, in conversation, right? This is a manifestation of laziness in my life as I want to go back to the pre-kid David Hackney and just live life and just go with the flow. I've gotta be mindful that it's my role to, to lead my family and I can't just push autopilot for the summer. And I think we're all there in some regards today. The flesh wants to pull us back into the old ways of living. The flesh wants to nag at us and tempt us in different ways and in different seasons to be who we once were. And this morning what we see from our text is a reminder, a reminder to put off the old self and be who we are now. Maybe for you this morning, it's, it's this propensity to, to chase after worldly treasures from time to time. Maybe you fall back into the old places of fear or anxiety or doubt or worry or complaining or ungodly anger. Maybe you're just trying to fit in 
on a new college campus and you're falling back into the old ways of living, trying to be accepted, this morning it's a call to simply remember, to put off who we once were and to be who we are now. And so we're in Ephesians chapter four, 17 to 24. And, and Matt, I, I must say, I'm thankful that you gave me a focal text. There are times where, where you get asked to preach and they say, well, just preach whatever you wanna preach, right? And I look at this thing and say, wow, I don't even know where to start. So thanks for the series this morning. Uh, encouraged by, by what you guys are doing. I was here actually a couple of weeks ago with a few people from our team. We were able to hear Pastor Ben uh, preach in the, uh, the money finance series. Um, so it was, it was good to be with you guys then and it's good to be with you guys now. So let's open up God's word together today. Ephesians chapter four, 17 to 24. And this is God's word. It says, now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of hearts. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity, but that is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have learned about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Christ Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This is the word of the Lord. And so as we kind of navigate this text this morning, again, the idea is the mark of separation, the mark of being distinct from who we once were to who we are now in Christ, the mark of being different from the world. I want us to kind of navigate the slope with three different flags or benchmarks in mind. Benchmark number one, remember who you once were. Now, that's gonna be the first section of our text today. Remember how Christ changed you and also remember that you are growing in Christ, a word of encouragement. And so as we look at verses 17 through 19, we have to remember this morning who we once were. Our text says that Paul is testifying in the Lord. So there's this solemn plea from Paul to this group of former Gentiles and he's saying, don't be like the Gentiles. Don't be like who you once were. Don't be like um, the people that you are around. You used to be like them, but, but now because Christ has changed you, don't go back to being like that. And that's tough, right? It's tough to be, um, in this context, a Gentile, to live a Gentile life your entire life, to have family members and friends and people that you acquaint yourself with who are Gentiles, and then to not act like them. You've done that your whole life. It's kind of like me if I think about the, what my, my, my wife would say to me this morning is she wants to take the Middletown out of me and sometimes it just can't come out, right? I'm from Middletown, Ohio. I don't know if you guys know much about Middletown, but my wife wants so much to get that out of me and it's just, it's just not gonna happen completely until Christ returns. But, Jesus, but Paul is saying, don't be like the Gentiles. Don't be like those who oppose Jesus Christ and he gives us one word this morning to uh, capture the essence of a Gentile. And the word is futile, right? Futile, what does this word mean? This word means meaninglessness, right? 
their thinking, their lives, their pursuits, their goals, their aims, our dreams, our goals before Christ was futile, pointless, useless, meaningless. Before Christ, this was who we once were. And what's more is that we were living this lifestyle and we didn't even know that we were living this lifestyle. That's what it means to live a futile life, to be unaware, to just live life up, to be clueless that we're going down a path of destruction. A Gentile is a Gentile through and through. Their minds, their hearts, their motives, their lives, their actions, it's all futile. And so Paul is saying, don't go back to that way of living. And he gives us six kind of words or phrases to describe uh, this type of thinking, this type of of living. And And I want to invite the spirit to do some work in us to see if these things still remain on any level. So we have six words to define futile living. Um, Number one is hardness, right? Stone hearts that cannot be softened by man's attempt. It has to be the spirit that softens a heart. Hardness means rejecting truth, desensitized um, to the things of God, repelling God away in his truth, rejecting God in his truth. This is kind of the base of what a futile life looks like. There's no way to get through this hardened heart. And so the rest of these descriptors are built upon that hard foundation. Number two is darkness, right? Utterly incapable of understanding or knowing God or truth or holy things, right? It would be like my two-year-old, I have a two-year-old daughter, Rosie, trying to uh, understand the finer points of theology, right? It's just, it is not going to happen. She is unable to understand the things of God to that degree, and that's what it looks like to be a person living in in darkness. The third descriptor of a futile life that, that Paul is saying don't go back into is ignorance. And this is not an ignorance of worldly things, right? We know plenty of brilliant people, plenty of educated uh, people who can debate with the best of them. But this is an ignorance that Paul is talking about that comes from a misunderstanding of who God is and what his purposes are for all of creation, right? That's the ignorance he is talking about. This is true ignorance. Not knowing that all things were made uh, by God and also for God. This all leads into a place then that Paul would describe as licentiousness, right? So we have hardness, we have darkness, we have ignorance, and then we get into this place of of wanting things um, that that are not of God, licentiousness, right? The ESV, the Bible says uh, sensuality, right? People who are darkened, people who are living like Gentiles, they want things in this life to give them joy and value, and these things have nothing to do with with God, right? They want, uh, perhaps it's money, perhaps it's um, sex, perhaps it's fame or glory or gratification, or maybe this morning you're seeking affirmation from other people and you want that so desperately. Licentiousness, Gentile thinking is wanting things not called God. And they affect us on our desire and motivation levels. And all of these things lead to a a word that that Paul uses. He says that these people are unclean, right? 
impure. I, th- I think about the, the leper in the Old Testament who everybody says, stay away from the impure person. All of these words, all of these descriptors get us to this place of impurity and uncleanness. And then the final words that Paul uses to describe a Gentile life is that the person, and we once were, alienated from a life of God. There is no um, worse possible scenario in all of humanity than to be separated or alienated from a life of God. Dead in our trespasses and sins, as we read this morning, unaware, hopeless, living apart from God. And, And these are the things that Paul is describing and saying, don't be like them. But oh, so many times we fall back into these rhythms of life. Just recently, I've, I moved to Hamilton. I've been there for about nine months. Uh, we're actually moving this coming weekend um, to Lebanon um, to, to begin planting the church. And so I've lived in, in Hamilton for nine months. Um, and for the last year or so, I've been doing construction work. Um, been working down in Cleves um, on some different projects. And I've been, I've been rubbing shoulders and spending a lot of time with construction workers, and I don't wanna stereotype construction workers. I don't wanna offend any construction workers. I'm one of them right now. But I have encountered countless men who just live Gentile, futile lives. I mean, if you could go to work with me one day, it would astound you, my, the stories I tell my wife about just the language that's used, um, the stories that are told, um, the crude joking, um, the, the desire to, to memorize every uh, classic rock song and, and the artist, right? That's what they pride themselves in. Uh, or maybe it's classic country. Uh, again, the, the joking, uh, you know, just the, the mindset of these men. Uh, I met a particular guy who told me that he used to be a pastor uh, in a church for about five years. He's got a tat that says, um, I'm born to raise hell. I was like, what? what's going on with that? Um, but this dude who just every single day of his life, he tells me he lives for the weekend, that he might get wasted at five o'clock on Friday and stay wasted until he wakes up on Monday morning to go back into work again. That is his goal in life, is to, to work a nine to five, to, sell, to tell the same jokes and the same stories and the same music and the same life day in and day out and day in and day out and to find joy then in getting home and getting wasted for the weekend. That is a picture of futile living. And I don't know about you this morning what, 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 what tendencies you have to fall back into, but when I think about these words that Paul is expressing, when I think about um, the, the people that I rub shoulders with and, and how they are living these aimless, purposeless lives, it does two things for me, and maybe it will for you this morning. Number one, it fuels me never to go back to that way of living. Not to cheapen the grace that God has bestowed upon me, that he's called me out of darkness into the marvelous light, and that whenever there is a hint of the flesh creeping back in, I wanna just repel that away because I don't wanna go back, because I know that in my flesh I can go there. Secondly, this morning, when I remember who I used to be, when you remember who you used to be apart from Christ, it should fuel us to have compassion for the people in our lives that are apart from Christ, amen? It should fuel us to have compassion 
to want to engage these construction workers or these workers at your schools or wherever you may find yourself to engage your family with the good news of the gospel, that they might be brought out of darkness into the light. And so this morning we have to remember that we were once in darkness, we were once apart from Christ, but he, as point number two suggests, he has changed us, amen? He has changed us to be new creations. And this is the message of the gospel, that Jesus saves sinners. There's no better news on the planet that we were once strangers and enemies to God, and he reached down and he sent his son Jesus, and Jesus did something about it, right? He took our sin, he died a sinner's death, he gave us his righteousness, he took upon himself our sin, he rose to claim victory over sin and death, And to all of us in this place this morning who believe these truths, we are his and we are changed. That's the beauty of the gospel this morning. And so getting back into our text, Paul, he gets passionate, right? You see the exclamation mark in your Bibles this morning. He's telling these people that they have learned Christ Jesus, right? And he's assuming that they've heard Christ Jesus because maybe there's some in the room that have not heard and been changed by the message of the gospel. And he's saying, don't go back. Don't go back into the ways you used to live. Some of the commentaries I was reading this past couple of weeks would suggest that these people had actually learned from Jesus Christ himself, right? From the lips of Jesus Christ, these people heard the message of the gospel, right? And what we get to have this, this day is, is God's word, right? So they had Jesus speaking to them directly. We have God speaking to us directly through his word. And what we have to understand this morning is it's the voice of Jesus through his word that changes our hard hearts. It's the voice of God's word through the reading of God's word as we exalt God's word. This gospel message is what has changed and delivered us from death and from sin. And Paul is saying these things to us this morning, that your life is no longer purposeless, right? That you had hard hearts and now you have soft hearts. That you were once ignorant of the things of God and now you are enlightened in God. That you were unclean and now you are clean. That you were an outsider and he has brought you in through the cross. And he's saying, don't go back to doing these things. He's saying that we have entered into the school of of Christ and we get to learn about Christ and we get to gather together on Sundays like this with the word in front of us. And we get to gather together throughout the week in our groups to learn about Jesus Christ. And we get to sit under the word in in, in the morning and, and read and open God's word and draw from him. And not only do we get to learn Christ, we get to teach Christ as well. And that's kind of where I wonder where we're at this morning. I would say that a lot of us would say that we're people of the Bible, right? We're in the A29 network and we, we, we love to herald God's word. We love to study the depths of God's word. And I wonder this morning if our lives match our theology. I wonder as we read the word, as we hear Pastor Matt preach the gospel to us every week, as we sing the gospel every week, I wonder if what we know up here, what we've learned about Christ from his word, I wonder if it matches the way that we live our lives after we leave this place on Sunday 
mornings. I wonder if we are making disciples. I wonder if we are uh, advising people through the word and not through our personal knowledge. I wonder if we are fueled to take this gospel message to the people that we rub shoulders with every day of our lives and tell them of the grace of God and tell them that we've been changed by God and that they can be changed as well. I'm not sure there's a better illustration of a changed life than the, the writer of our text this morning, Paul. As you guys know, he was a Christian killer, a God hater, and we know that God changed him. He softened his heart, that Paul became a missionary. He became a learner of Jesus. He became an ambassador of Christ, a man who was radically changed by Jesus to go on and plant churches, to go on and write books of the Bible, and to sacrifice his life for the missio Dei, the mission of God. That's what we do as changed people, amen. We, we are changed by the message of the gospel and we go forth and we teach others about Christ. So we remember that we were changed. We remember that we were once apart from Christ. We were futile. We were meandering around this world aimless and without understanding. And then Jesus rescued us. He didn't just save us from drowning. He took our dead, suffocated bodies and breathed new life back into us. And so we are changed. We give him all the credit for it. We give him all the glory for it. And what we communicate to other people is that Jesus can do this for them as well. And so we remember this morning we were apart from Christ. We remember this morning that he changed us. And thirdly, we remember we are growing in Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes it's easy for me to forget this beautiful, beautiful truth, right? I wanna be perfect now, but it's just not the way that God is growing us, right? Sometimes it's easy to find fault or beat ourselves down and, and think we may not be saved. I don't know about you, but that thought sometimes crosses my mind, right? In those moments when I don't desire his word, in those moments when my prayers are so weak and feeble, I say, am I even yours, God? I have these moments of, of doubt. I'm not sure if you've been there before. Am I saved? But we must remember this morning that we are his workmanship, and he is crafting us into a holy and righteous people. Be encouraged by this this morning. And so Paul goes on then to instruct us how we grow as new people that God has saved us to be, right? How do we become righteous and holy, created after the likeness of, of God? And first of all, we have to remember that it's because Christ has changed us that we desire to be changed, okay? It's that Christ has changed us that we even have a desire to be made new. It's his doing, it's his spirit, it's his work, right? So our growth is not coming from just this legalistic list of do's and, and don'ts. That's not how we get there this morning. It's a desire that he has placed inside of us. But this morning we do have a role to play in, in putting off and putting on. We do have a role to play in our growth as Christians. And, and kind of the churchy lingo that we would use to, to, to signify this is progressive sanctification. 
I'm not sure if you guys use that language here at Missio, but it's progressively, so continually being sanctified into the image of Jesus Christ. Right? And so we would say that, that, that the Holy Spirit has a role in, in producing that in us, but we also have a role to play in this process of becoming new. And I love how this pastor, uh, Jerry Bridges, kind of communicates the, the, the unity of how these things work together. Listen to what he says. He says, progressive sanctification is not a partnership with the Spirit in the sense that we each, the believer and the Spirit, do our respective tasks, right? That's not how it works. It's not the spirit and then us separately, but rather we work as he enables us to work. His work lies behind all our work and makes our work possible. So we're talking about what it looks like to be changed. And we have to know that it's the spirit in us that causes us to be changed, but then we have some work to do as well. Verses 22 through 24. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness, putting off and putting on. To every Christian in this room this morning, this is the call for us to remember today, that we have to put certain things off, the old self, and put new things on as well. I've been working through a uh, biblical counseling certification lately, and this is kind of the hallmark of biblical counseling, right? If you're gonna go counsel somebody in the word, if you have friends or family members who need God's word, a big part of counseling them is saying, hey look, if you're in Christ, you're new, and so just put off this sinful living and put on righteous living in its place. It's, it's, it's really that simple, put off and put on. It's not just put off, but it's replacing these things and, and putting righteous living in their place. And as much as I'd like to communicate to you a lot of examples of what this looks like, I'm just going to let Paul do that because he talks about this in another book that he wrote called Colossians. So listen to what it looks like and look, listen to the motivations and desires to be changed by putting things off and putting things on. This is Colossians 3. And this is the Message Bible. Yes, I said the Message Bible. It says this, and that means killing off everything connected with that way of death. And he lists some, some words here. Sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel like whenever you feel like it. This is the stuff we need to be putting off this morning and grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. That's not a word I would use. That's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of by God. It's because of this kind of thing that God is about to explode in anger. It wasn't long ago that you were doing all that stuff and not knowing any better. But you know better now, so make sure it's all gone for good. Bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity, dirty talk. Don't lie to one another. You're done with that old life. It's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes you've stripped off and put in the fire. Now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. Every item of your new way of life is custom made by the creator with his label on it. I love that. 
All the old fashions are now obsolete. So, chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Put these things on, compassion and kindness and humility and quiet strength, discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. I love this language that Paul uses, that the message uses on, on putting off our old selves because I think we all can identify with a lot of these words because this is who we once were and day in and day out these things creep back in to try to take hold of who we are now. And then Paul says, put these things in their place, right? Take these off and put these on. He's saying, put these things to death. And maybe this morning that's what you need to hear, that's what I need to hear. Put these things to death. Don't dabble with your old way of life. Don't play around with this old sinful way of living. Don't desire to be like the Gentiles. Don't try to go and hang with the old crew and try to fit back into their way of life. Go hang with the crew, but don't be like them. Be a light. Be the man or the woman that has been changed by Christ. Be the one who communicates the truth of the gospel. Be a light, not darkness. And so maybe this morning the call to you is to put these things to death, right? To run away from these things, to stop messing around because this sin seeks to kill and to steal and destroy God's people. Put these things to death and then put on things in their place. Replace these old habits. Replace this old thinking. Replace the old realities with new ones. I think about this. I think about my son. Sometimes I tell my son, uh, who is seven years old, uh, to go upstairs and to get changed, right? To, to put some clothes on. He runs around half naked most of the time. And he'll come downstairs with clothes from when he was four years old. And I don't know why this clothes is still in the, the drawers, but he comes downstairs with, with these old shirts, these skin-tight shorts with holes in them, and he loves them because he's worn them for a long time, right? He loves them because they, he says they're comfortable, right? They're not comfortable. They're, they're just a mess. They're ridiculous. But he loves these old garments, right? He loves to just put them on. Makes him feel good. Stomach's hanging out. It's just weird. And this is what Paul is saying about us. Just really. This is what he's, he's saying. Why would you go back to that way? Why would you put on uh, the fanny pack? Why would you put on the skin-tight pants that don't fit? The holes are in the shirt. We can see it. Why would you go back to these ways of living? Don't go back there. There's no sense. There's no joy. There's no value. It's aimless. It's pointless to go back to being a Gentile. Don't do that. And finally this morning, I don't want us to miss this hinge in our text today. All right, we're talking about separation from old self to new self, putting off old stuff, putting on new stuff. And the hinge this morning is verse number 22. It says, be, re be renewed in the spirit of your minds. How do we go from putting off to putting on? Well, it all starts right up here. 
and what you are feeding your mind, right? Right thinking drives right living. Right thinking drives right motivations, right? And so what are you filling your minds with day in and day out? My construction worker friends, they're filling their minds with, um, with lies, with, with, with crude joking, with um, misogyny. Uh, a lot of times they feel like they're superior. These, these white guys, they're superior to um, some of the people that work with us who are not from America. And I try to teach them every day. They're just like us. They're human beings, right? So their thinking is off. They think they're superior to their coworkers because of their nationality, right? I teach them that's not true. That's not true. So what are you filling your minds with? What lies are you believing, right? We have to be renewed in the spirit of our minds, and that is what drives this sanctification process in us. Colossians 3 is a beautiful way forward this morning. Setting our minds on things that are above not on things that are on this earth. For you have died and you are hidden with Christ in God. Our minds must be saturated with the truth of God's word that our desires might change and our actions might follow as well. And so I'd ask you this question this morning. What is your plan to saturate your mind with the things of God? Like tomorrow morning when you wake up, what is your plan? Do you have a plan to be in God's word? Right, Sundays are beautiful because we're gonna be in the word, but do you have a plan through the week to be in God's word by yourself, with a community, with your family, with other people? What is your, your plan? So this morning we've talked about remembering. That's, that's the message this morning, a simple message of remembering because we oftentimes forget and fall back into old patterns of life. Paul would say, don't be like the Gentiles. I would say to you as we leave this morning, don't go back to those old ways of living. Dad, remember you're you're to lead your family in the gospel. Women this morning, remember that you have much dignity and value and worth and God has created you um, beautifully and to be equal in these things. Don't minimize those values in your life. Pastor, who forgets that you don't have to have it all together and have all the answers, remember these things this morning. A college student who's trying to fit in on campus life, don't go back there. Christian this morning who is struggling with anxiety, fear, pride, guilt, man-pleasing, this morning I want to call you to remember who you once were, Remember that you've been changed by Christ. Remember that you are growing in Christ. Remember that you are progressing, that you're not of this world, that you are a beloved child of the King, that you are a saint, that you are forgiven, that you are saved, that you are sent on a mission, and that you are to put off the old self and put on the new self. Today, you're being called to put it off and live as a child of God. This morning I'd like to call up the band to come forward as we kind of wrap up our time together. A couple of questions for us to ponder as we consider Ephesians chapter four. Question number one, has Christ made you new? Are you in Christ this morning? Question number two, whoa.
In what ways are you drawn to your old way of life? Think about that for just a moment. In what ways are you drawn to go back to the old self? And maybe what excuses are you making this morning for staying there? Question number three, what do you need to put off today? Just simply stated, what do you just need to put off today and what might you put in its place? And four, how can you actively renew your mind today and throughout this next coming week? Think about some of those questions. In just a moment, Pastor Matt's gonna come up and lead us in a time of response. I want you to think about the words spoken from God's word today, not necessarily from, from my mouth today, but from God's word, putting off and putting on. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for your grace. God, this morning we are all in the same place. We all once were dead in our trespasses and our sins. We were apart from you. Help us, God, not to forget these things. God, I pray that this would fuel us to go and, and tell other people about how you changed us, about how you took us from death to life. God, help us to be people of the word who proclaim the good truths that Jesus saves that Jesus changes. And God, this morning for us who might be struggling uh, in this growth process, help us, God, to know that it's your spirit in us that you've made us a new creation and that it's your spirit that drives the change. But God, we also have a role to play. We can't just sit back and, and just wait for you to return. But God, every single day of our lives, we have to actively and consciously uh, remember who we were, fight against those things, we have to put off old habits and old desires and the old ways of thinking that we know are futile. And we have to replace those things or put on the new things that you have graciously given to us. God, this morning, help us to know that a hinge to all of this is the renewal of our minds. And so we cannot be lazy people who, who don't dig into your word. We've gotta be people of the word who set our minds, our minds on things above, who are encouraged to think about what is good and pure and beautiful, to think about Jesus, to think about our future life with you as well. That our minds not, might not be corrupted and that our hearts might not sway back to the things of this world. God, help us, Lord, to know that we are being changed and progressing uh, as we grow in you. So God, this morning, help us to confess and repent of our sin. Help us to be aware of our tendencies to fall back into the old way, putting on the old clothes. And help us, God, to be renewed this morning. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.